Good morning, good afternoon, uh, wherever you are today catching a feather. It's probably the single most important day of the 30-day challenge um, because uh, in our Western society, we are obsessed with reaching out and grabbing things. If you go to work and your boss says, I want you to do something, uh, the expectation is you put your hands on something and you do it. You reach out, you grab a computer or a desktop, you, you organise a meeting, you do something to cause what the person wants done. There is very little of what goes on in the East done in the West. In the East, a lot of time is spent, um, and I must say, Canada can be excluded from the West because it's uniquely different. Um, it's respect for spirit um, through its Indigenous relationships and through uh, the exposure of most um, Western people in, in to First Nation in Canada and the integration of First Nation language and respect within Canada has made it a rather unique uh, circumstance, very, very different. Although we say Canadian and Australians are the, very similar, it is not the truth. Indigenous uh, respect uh, and Indigenous culture has permeated deeply into the Canadian language and the Canadian thought process. But taking away from that, moving back into the world of the East, um, soul and God and prayer and spirit and energy and a higher power are an integral part of doing something. Um, so it's not always just running around doing and grabbing and holding on to things and uh, forcing them to come to you. Uh, a lot of philosophy and a lot of belief in success and success management and self-management in the East, even in places like Singapore and Hong Kong, which are relatively westernized places, there is still a huge respect for what you do at the temple and a huge respect for what you do karmically and joss and, and good luck. And so the, the connection to the non-physical world in the East is far more integrated in, in work practices and in domestic practices than it is in the West. The reason for this is because we have um, organized religion, Christianity and uh, Islam and what have you in the West, which basically is reverence to uh, an institution. And an institution basically takes the necessity for direct communication away from the individual and leaves them with a set of rules and instructions of what to say and what to do and what not to do. So it doesn't go past um, faith. It doesn't go past that into belief and integration and superstition. So we're going to talk a little bit about this today and you may choose to um, think about how you could bring more catching feathers into your life. Now, to catch a feather, it simply means instead of reaching out to grab a feather and pushing it away, you get yourself into a place where to a certain degree, not all day, every day, but to a certain degree, you put yourself in a place where things that you want are available to happen to you. So it's a trust in a sense in a higher power. Now, we know that prayer is thanking the universe. Meditation is receiving from the universe. And one of the earlier um, videos and, and lessons we did in the 30-day challenge was about being a giver and not necessarily a taker. So if we're talking about prayer is giving, which is thanking, and meditation is receiving, the person who is doing meditation to get 
but not including prayer to give thanks is an energy sucker. It's trying to suck stuff out of the universe to consume it. And that's called a grabber, a, a, a taker. And that's it, it, it works out that that person will be, uh, to be around them will be a, a negative force. They will be a vacuum to everybody else's energy. So um, in order to receive, we must give. And it, you can start by talking to the universe in this way, or your God, or your belief in a higher power, or spirit, or soul, or whatever you want to label it as, that there must be a thanking in order to get a, a receiving. So this equation is really important to get right, that if you're going to sit down with your hands folded and catch a feather and wait for things to come, it's not, uh, it's not automated. It's, it's the result of practices that you do on a daily basis, and I call that mobile meditation, where you try to integrate your belief in a higher power in everything you do in a, in a, in a, in a mobile sense as you walk around doing things. So prayer is thanking, meditation is receiving. So it's, it's understandable that we can spend some time, um, as we talked about previously, um, relaxing in silence and to learn to do that is a really important thing because this is the position you can be in to receive as a consequence of a lot of giving so we're going to talk about the manifestation formula in a minute which is a really important element of the receiving being in a position to receive in other words to catch a feather you have to be in the place where feathers come <laughs> so there's no use setting yourself up for failure and saying, I'm waiting for it to happen without doing all of the steps that manifest things. And we'll go through that in a jiffy. My uh, belief is that I'd rather have uh, the whole world against me than my own soul. And so I am very, uh, for me, it's really important to have a communion, a, a, re a respect and a connection to what we would call a soul, which is what other people call the universe or God or nature or whatever it is. And I know I don't have a soul because that would mean I'm my ego has taken over and I'm, I've, I've individualized myself as a soul outside my body. I believe that I belong to a sort of an energy of souls or whatever, whatever it's called. So I'm tapping into a, a, um, into a resource rather than to tapping into my individualized self outside of my body. Um, but I don't differentiate b between um, soul and nature. As far as I'm concerned, if I know the laws of nature, I know the thought of the thing that created nature. And I know that if I know the thought of the thing that created nature, I'm getting pretty close to, as far as I'm concerned, what I would call soul. And for me, the solar system that we're in, that it defines soul for me because at the boundary of the solar system, the thing in which we rotate here with the earth and the, and the sun and the planets, uh, I think that's the boundary of human concept of knowledge. I don't think we can, we can, we can certainly talk about the billions and trillions of stars, but when it comes to reaching out beyond our body to a higher sense of self, a higher thing, most people can't get past the sun, let alone get to the solar system. So, I, I conceptualize this this bubble that goes around uh, uh, the solar system rotating around the sun. I, I have a, a visualization that the energy within that is what I would call uh, the energy to, the, of my higher power, the laws of nature as it's as it uh, can be called. And I'm I submit I, I, I I'm I'm 
I'm humble to those laws of the universe. I'm not humble to anything much else. I, I believe that there are five laws of the universe. You know, you can split them up into nine or seven or six, whatever you like. But there are five that, to me, make it uh, very simple for me to, to live in harmony with the laws of nature. And therefore, if I do what nature intended, I'll get what nature intended, which is my purpose, which is a fulfilling life, which is uh, health, success and enjoyment and, and, and enjoyment, happiness. So um, even if you're a religious person, your religion must be the greatest power on, that you know. And therefore, that religion can anoint you or bless you or give you power to deal with stuff or to go and do big stuff because, uh, uh, and, and if you say, no, I'd rather um, uh, not have a religion and I'm not believe in things, then you've got to believe in the self, sense of self. And that self is unlimited. It's only limited by our belief systems. So when we're talking about... Um, uh, when we're talking about catching a feather, there are uh, four aspects of this that will be illustrated in a, in a, in a, in a diagram. There is the, the building of energy, um, which, is, which is exercise, and there's a, a, a series of uh, things that we can do to build our energy, including eating right, including sleeping right, including uh, exercising in the right way, in, including mental... Um, um, gratitude and a lot of things that will make you more and more powerful. There uh, is the necessity to store energy, which means how to uh, hold your body in and posture and breathe in a way that doesn't flagrantly waste your energy on emotional TikToks and uh, what I would call floss. Um, there. You remember, if, if there's seven areas of life, and if you are worried about something very small in one area of life, it, it opens up all the areas of life for something very small. So it's like being stuck with a thousand needles. And what I do and what I believe is necessary is to try and elevate my thinking, elevate my consciousness, so I don't worry about small things in any area of life. I do my daily routines and I get it all sorted out so that the small stuff I don't have a thousand needles sticking into me on a daily basis. The third element of um, um, catching a feather is to stop wasting energy. Now, storing energy is about uh, feeling self-worth, that you're worthy of this amount of gifted energy, you're worthy of this amount of um, vision and hopes and dreams and all these things. The, the stopping the waste is to... It, it's, it's, it's the physical, mental uh, capacity to be calm. So wasted energy comes from getting the jitters. Um, when your nervous system is hyperactivated and you feel as if you're tapping the desk and rattling your feet and you can't sleep and you're running around on a day without five minutes to spare, this is what's called energy burn. And a lot of people do this energy burn because they don't feel worthy of holding on to the energy. And they're like an aeroplane that's going to land. And what they do is they dump fuel out to sea before they land, you know, got to crash land or something so that there's not such a big fire. So th there are a lot of people spend their entire life saying, I've got to go to the gym tonight, otherwise I can't sleep. And that just reflects a low self-worth. And they've got to burn their energy off before they land. Um, the question is, can be, 
can you feel big enough and, and worthy enough through your connection to a higher power to be filled with energy and sleep and let that energy build itself, uh, work for you overnight. The last step is is uh, really the essence of catching a feather, which is called directing your energy. The ability not to know how to do anything, the ability not to um, work out whether what you are uh, directing your energy toward is practical. What it is, is to know what. And that's called your imagination. Now, a person without an imagination is a, is a logician, a person who is logical, or a person who is so emotional that they have no control over where their brain goes. So logic kills the imagination and also emotion kills the imagination because it's it never can it can't hold a thought. So imagination requires a steady brain and imagination doesn't know, have to know what uh, doesn't have to know how to do something. It doesn't even need to know whether it's practical. Imagination is purely Im the ability to imagine something bigger than what is. And that could be imagining a, a, a new house, imagining a new service to the world, imagining a new way of living, imagining. And what happens when I talk to a lot of people when they're doing their, their catching a feather, their vision, is that they, 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 they take what's practical and try to expand it into something more a bigger that's practical. And this is not the process. To dream is to dream the impossible dream. And uh, as the song goes, I, nobody who did anything worth doing on this planet knew how to do what they imagined when they first imagined it. They dreamed it. It's a dream of what's possible. And I call these things pennies from heaven. And so I recommend you have a little journal book and your pennies from heaven are impractical, unreasonable, unconsidered, unstructured ideas that just drop into your head. And you go, man, one day I would love to, boom. And there is no dependency in it. So you go, one day I would like to get my company to send me to university. Well, now the company's involved. Now there's one day involved. Now there's... You, what's happened is it's become practical. So instead of that, you go, one day I will go to university. One day I will go to university. And you can say, take out the one day and just put, I'm going to university. Yep, don't know when, don't know how, don't know who, don't know what. None of those things. All I know is I have a possibility and I have an imagination and I have a dream and those things are precious because if you can dream it, you can bring it. That's the manifestation formula. So it's very important to develop in catching a feather, a sense of trust. Trust that if you imagine it, and if you imagine it long enough, and you imagine it vivid enough, it will start to manifest into a how. Um, and to do that requires an open heart. Now, there's there are there are those who will argue against the concept of an open heart. But for me, it's the core of everything. When we finished exploring our intellect and attending all these ceremonies, when we are exhausted, trying to, to change the unchangeable, then we come to rest in what's called the heart. In this place, 
your heart and my heart are just one heart. It's like that concept of soul I was talking about before. It's just a big amorphous mass. And our individuality is transient, you know. Um, the moment becomes important and we all relax in the knowledge that we have no idea what could happen. We have no idea. And this is a beautiful reality, the core of confidence, the core of love, the core of beauty and a healthy life. We know what's possible. We know our dreams. We have no idea how. If one spent their whole life doing nothing other than opening their heart and developing the quality's heart, it's no exaggeration to say that this effort alone would bring them to the highest goal of human living. It's through the heart that we find our truth and within the heart we find our true nature and who we really are. In this place, self and God, well, who knows which is which? It, it, they won. And that's when you sit in silence and you sit in relaxation, you get to know this, that, you know, if you still think there's a God outside of you, then you're deluding yourself, you're still thinking. But when you soften into this relaxed stillness, you suddenly can't work out where you start and the world finishes. You have to know this totally, though. To separate uh, what's called God or the universe or nature and self is to think one is great and one is small. And then you're locked into your own smallness. You, and then you can't see the connection between all the beauty in the world, all the natural gifts that are coming to you. You can't be thankful and you can't recognise your role in all that. So native people have known this connection between what is natural, beautiful and yourself forever. Uh, and this is what I was saying earlier about Canada and, and how it's integrated itself beautifully into the Canadian culture. And it's very different. It's here that strength and conviction emanate. You know, compassion and loving kindness live in the heart. And it's here that we feel our, our peacefulness. And this is where silence and this is where relaxation come from. It's through the heart we can find a way to treat uh, everybody else in the world and ultimately a way to be true to ourself. Now a closed heart's a big problem. The heart represents the essential nature of a person and thus um, the development of your heart, the unfolding of your heart and the illumination of your heart are the utmost important um, you know, in life. And it's really important in the path to finding your purpose and your true nature. This is a centre around which your life can revolve. But it's not the emotional centre. Don't make that mistake. The heart is often mistaken as a nice fuzzy feeling in the centre of your chest. That's not your heart. That's an emotional centre point. We are talking about the human spirit. It's not a feeling, but rather a knowing. It's called the inner voice. It's not your voice at all. It's called the spirit but it's not a physical thing. It's pure, unconditional knowing. No words can describe it. And I find it really hard to talk about it sometimes. To find your heart is to find your path, a path that doesn't waver. It's also to hold a certain centre and to be true to yourself and others. It all begins with gaining a true sense of your own being. It's a way to think and feel that reflects your true nature. It's natural and it, and it creates certain confidence and strength and builds a foundation from which you can evolve. It can't be separate from daily life because it is life. It doesn't mean rushing around and solving the world's problems because those problems are countless and the rushing around is part of the problem. 
By listening to your own heart, to your own particular gifts, it enables you to focus on what you really love to do and express yourself without tension or without reaction. The deepest experience of life is woken up when each person finally takes this opportunity. We become the mirror of the change we would love to see in the world. But we must first learn to love ourselves and to find peace and harmony within ourselves. When we explore the term heart, if you take it into common language, we find that heart means the centre or the innermost part of something, such as the heart of a city. It also means the essence or the vital part of something, such as what is the heart of the matter. A person with a lot of heart is someone with determination. To lose heart means to be discouraged, and we see that the will of a person emanates from their heart. We refer to the heart when we talk about generosity or sincerity, as well as consideration, understanding and helpfulness. When we say this person has a big heart or she has a dear heart, when a person is cruel or mean, we say someone has a closed, small, cold or broken heart. In most spiritual traditions of the world, the heart is where heaven and earth meet. And this is, of course, not the physical heart, but rather the heart center. This is a really important thing to know. It's called the temple within. As humans can't grasp the idea of a heart outside the body, such as soul, there is the part of the body of this flesh dedicated to housing the concept of the heart. This area is really sensitive to feeling and has been called, uh, you know, you've heard people say they've had a broken heart at times, although nothing's physically broken, is it? The surface of our being is mind, and that's, that's, that's the part of us that knows how but the depth of our being is heart. The heart is clarity of mind and the mind is personality. It's through the heart that we feel ourselves or know ourselves. One person understands their true nature and the character and the mystery of their heart. They understand the language of the whole of everything because they know how to see through the transient nature of the ego. So we have choices. Listen to this heart or listen to the mind and all its bullshit. It takes a certain trust, I know that. A trust that when we're faced with what seems to be an insurmountable challenge, we will survive. It doesn't necessitate uh, becoming religious. The spiritual life is not lived in temples or on a particular day, nor is it reverence to a statue or an icon or a concept. It's lived every single moment of our lives in mobile meditation and from what people see of us and what we think to our secret thoughts and our secret ideas. People say put your heart into it. It means become fully invested. It means throw the full weight of your humanity behind something. And there are no half-hearted success stories. So we've got to be a little bit vigilant on this, catching a feather. Our heart must be re remain invested in it. When the heart goes out of something, we automatically sabotage it. So if we can invest ourselves in maintaining the commitment of our heart, we'll automatically achieve many of the things we dream of. So I just want to say most importantly here that the practice of catching a feather means somehow you have to make a connection to your own heart. There's no use sitting there thinking with your brain. There's no use listening to your thoughts as you sit and uh, meditate or do whatever or sit in your relaxed chair. It's silence and stillness. Silence and stillness and stillness requires what? Relaxation. So in the silence and stillness in relaxation, you'll feel this warmth, if you want to call it that, in the center of your chest, 
This warmth can expand. It reaches out and can touch the universe. It can touch whatever you call the higher power of your life. But it's this connection that you're thanking for the gifts of your life thus far. So you're living in the present saying, thank you for what I've got. And it's this uh, uh, that will receive will receive ideas, um, possibilities, uh, thoughts. It will receive um, inspirations about the future. To put yourself in this state of relaxed silence, there are a series of steps because you've got to trust that if you do, if you follow a certain formula, everything that you are dreaming up or thinking up or every feather you're catching can actually manifest itself. Now, that means you've got to have a purpose bigger than yourself. You're going to think about that, uh, that uh, imagination or that possibility and you're going to think about it a lot. You're going to start seeing it in your mind's eye. So in other words, you start to vision it. You start to think about uh, and see it in, a, in a manifesting in the real world. You start to say it, speak about it uh, in terms of one day aisle and it'll be good when, and you start to think, well, I'm going to do this and this is going to happen. You start to have that daily affirmation, parent, adult, child. You start to feel it in your bones. You start to write about it. Maybe you even um, start making notes in a journal. You start acting on it. You start thinking about buying um, some equipment for it. You, you act like it's going to happen and you continually act and start training for it, preparing for it and saving for it and doing whatever. And of course, you add the concept of being thankful for what you've got, thankful for the idea, thank you, thankful for the situation. The creation formula is a whole body of work. And if uh, I'm coaching you at the present time, which I should be in the 30-day challenge, this concept of the, the creation formula, the manifestation formula, really needs to form a very, very strong part of your daily routine. It's, um, it's a it's a step-by-step -step thing. And if you follow it, whatever it is that's come to mind, you imagine, is it's a process of trusting that if, you, if you've caught the feather, it's yours. And if you've got the idea, it's yours. The question is, do you have the, the, the sense of purpose, thought, vision, affirmation, feeling, writing, persistent action, matter, and thankfulness? Are you invested? This is Chris. You have a beautiful day. I'm looking forward to speaking to you about this. Bye for now.